Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another restful live stream of true, scary stories to help you fall asleep. Today, we are joined by a very special guest and good friend of mine, Mr. Horror on the Rocks. How's it going, buddy? Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Always good to be around you, hanging out with you, and thanks for having me back on. Hey, not a problem at all. Um, we had a great time when you was last on. I think that was the um, New Year's Eve stream, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's what spawned the cat in the hat. Yes. Um, yeah, well, the New Year's Eve stream, you were on mine, and then I went on your stream, and that's what spawned the cat in the hat. Oh, okay. When I was on your Sorry. stream. And time that, with you blends together. Yeah, so. <laughs> it does. But that was that was a lot of fun. Guys, if you haven't, I just got to promote this real quick. If y'all haven't seen Horror on the Rocks' channel yet, make sure that you go to his channel. The link is in the description down below, and his link is going to be dropped by Mrs. Interscare throughout the stream. Make sure that you go to his channel and watch the Cat in the Hat video. Um, I play the cat, and he does the rest of the voices and stuff. But that was a really, really fun project that we worked on, man. And I'm really glad that you had me on that. No, absolutely it was. And and if you do, those of you that do check it out, you might think that it is just us reading the story, and I will, without giving too much away, say it is not. It is not. It is not. Definitely stay till the end of that video, because it's a lot of fun. We shall say that. I also want to thank everyone who is here with us. Thank you guys so much for joining me. I want to thank Mrs. Interscare, Cindy Cleveland, Jennifer Moyer, and Sonny Akna, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate y'all. Y'all are awesome. And then, obviously, we have other people here that are lurking and not chatting. We appreciate every one of you as well. Um, if you leave a chat, I shout you out. I try to shout out everybody that I see in the chat. If I miss somebody, Mrs. Interscare is always messaging me going, Hey, don't forget to shout this person out. You, you missed their chat. What's up, Nat Davies? Thank you so much for being here as well. Alrighty, so I think that we can go ahead and hop into our first story. Um, and if you guys do have requests for stories, you can go ahead and leave them. We do have some pre-pulled up, so I don't know if we'll get to requests or not, but you can go ahead and leave them if you want for now. Um, but without further ado... I'm going to go ahead and hop into our first story. I have a backwoods story for everyone. So, here we go. 
My three-year-old son suffered from chronic ear infections last year, which led to him having high fevers. I slept with him on this particular night because I needed to give him Tylenol throughout the night to keep his fever down and to keep him comfortable. I set my alarm to wake me up at around 2.30 a.m. When I woke up, I went into the kitchen to get the Tylenol. I noticed a bright light shining into the apartment from our deck door, which also illuminated part of the woods behind the apartment. When I went over to see what it was, it turned out to be a car with those bright LED headlights in the parking lot to the far back right of the apartment. I figured they were dropping someone off. I saw movement of what resembled a dog walking near around near the woods. I started to think that the lady who usually walks her dog, a cute little corgi, in that area, purposefully faced her car in that direction so that she could see while she walked her dog. As it got closer, I realized that there was nobody out there walking a dog, and there was no dog. I don't know what it was that I saw, but I'll describe it in the best way that I can. At first, it looked just like a dog, corgi-sized, but as it walked closer, it looked like your average house cat. Then it looked like a black bear, and then it looked like a koala. I live in North New Jersey, farmland and lots of woods, and there are no wild koalas here. At this point, my heart is pounding out of my chest and I'm scared. The fear I felt was like a primal type of fear that I've never felt before. I ran to my bedroom to wake up my boyfriend, and I shook him awake very roughly. I said, you gotta come see this. He was a bit annoyed with me. When we look outside together, we see this thing getting closer, and it looks like a skunk now. White stripe down the center with the perky, fluffy tail. I said, oh, it's just a skunk, with a little chuckle. I felt a bit embarrassed that I woke him up over a skunk. But at that moment, I also felt relieved. However, I was mistaken. As it walked, it looked as if it was struggling to find a form. I thought it looked like it was falling apart, but also coming back together again at the same time. I know this doesn't make much sense, but it's hard to find the words for what we saw. After the skunk formation, it looked almost like a person crawling on the ground with some type of fur or skin attached to them around the leg. Then it changed again and looked like a raccoon, a groundhog, a black bear, a cat, a koala, a deer, and a skunk. The part that stuck out to me the most was that whatever it seemed to be coming apart or shedding, but at the same time it was growing. Whatever had their headlights on, turned them off as soon as it went deeper into the woods. This happened pretty quick. I'd say it was only about a couple of minutes from start to finish. He ended up going back to bed, but I couldn't sleep after that so I grabbed a flashlight and shined it into the woods to see if I could see it again, but it was gone. I also opened the door to see if I could hear anything, but I couldn't. It was very quiet. I had a very hard time going back to sleep that night. My boyfriend wasn't scared, but he was confused and stunned. He didn't know what to make of it. I was scared and creeped out. I know that if I hadn't woken him up to see it for himself, he most likely wouldn't have believed me and would have chalked it up to me being groggy from just waking up 
or it just being an animal. Unfortunately, I know what I saw, and I'll never forget it. That would be very creepy, just seeing something shape-shifting in front of your eyes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm doing the, the thing and, and, and going away. I'm not going to go investigate. Right, right. I'm not going to be the one to die in this horror movie. Yeah, not, not today, not today. I do want to say a big hello to Red. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Hello. And also, if y'all hear a baby in the background, that is Interscare Baby. <laughs> um, he was not able to fall asleep before the stream today. Usually he does. So <laughs> um, th that, that could be a little bit fun sometimes, you know, two-year-old. <laughs> so I do apologize for that, everyone, if you hear that in the background. But, you know, it's what happens. I love Interscare Baby. <laughs> Here and knock on the door. <laughs> Alrighty. So, do you have any upcoming plans or anything um, interesting happening in the near future that you want to tell everyone about on your channel? Yes. Yeah, so, <clears throat> there is, and I don't know if your audience, what kind of stories they prefer, um, but there is a channel who recently he's been doing a series from an author. And that series is I Deliver uh, Mail to Cryptids. And that same author has written a different series um, entitled uh, I Was Hired to Cover Up a... I was, it was, I was Hired to Cover Up a UFO Event. Something like that. I can't remember the top off the top of my head right now. But it's a, it's a series that um, they have allowed me to do. So I will be doing that very shortly. Oh, that's really exciting. Um, yeah, I think I've heard that um, series, or at least part of it, about delivering mail to cryptids or seen it on YouTube or something. So It's a very good one. Yeah, for sure. So that's definitely exciting that you're going to read another series from this author. Yeah, so, I'm excited about it. So, so you're going to cut it up into into different videos and make it a series? like the Yes, are? that is the plan um, once I get going on it, and it will... Hopefully, be maybe two to three, nice episodes. So, because I I don't want to be one of those channels who like has like it's like a seven part series, and when well, that's not just that's not fair, and that's not really <laughs> necessary either. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that is awesome. Uh, I want to say hello to Kimberly Shepard and Cindy Cleveland. Thank you all for joining us. And. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.
speaking of your narrations, Horror on the Rocks, would you like to read a story for us? Absolutely. All right, everyone. Without further ado, Horror on the Rocks. Nobody wants to go near me anymore. People used to like me. They'd sit next to me on the park bench. They'd smile when they saw me. They were completely comfortable bringing their girlfriends and kids around me. But not anymore. Not since the awful murder. Now, they cross the street to avoid me, you see. <clears throat> and if they do look at me, it's only with a look of disgust. I wish I could tell them all how sorry I was. Sure, nobody blames me. It's not my fault. They know it's not my fault. But now, they can't even stand to glance my way. I'm so lonely. God, what I wouldn't give to have just someone sit next to me for lunch one day. I took the little things for granted for so long. I had to watch him die. They hanged him and left before he was even dead. I was the one who saw the life leave his eyes, saw the pain and desperation on his face, and I couldn't do a thing to help him. Those terrified eyes will haunt me for probably the rest of my life. I wanted nothing more than to reach out and save him, point the police to the murderers and see those awful men put in jail for the rest of their lives. But I couldn't. I'll never be able to. I can't control where my branches bend, and my leaves can't only rustle and whisper in the wind. Alrighty, I was talking there, but I was muted and I forgot to unmute myself. <laughs> Alrighty, so that is an excellent story. Was that a true story or was that one of the fictional stories that you read on your channel? That's one of the fictional stories. It's nobody wants to go near me anymore. Alrighty, that is awesome. So you do mostly like no sleep and creepypasta type stories, correct? I do, and then I have... Um... <clears throat> somebody that I work with who writes scripts for me for my true crime that I do. And those ones I love to do. Um, they just take a little bit more time because I do try to put more effort into them. And they take a while when you do, a, do all of that type of investigation. And then also just background audio and visual. So, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to talk about your true crime stuff a little bit? Because... Um, I know that a lot of people on the channel over here really enjoy the true crime type stuff. So you want to kind of talk about the types of cases that you investigate, the types of things that you talk about, etc.? Sure. So uh, recently, um, some of the cases I've done, one involving uh, two, I guess you could say, somewhat popular or famous people they were two people who were on um ghost adventures with zach baggins nice and uh they were a couple that were one of them was more of a ghost investigator the other one was kind of a self-proclaimed medium and over time um some things happened and 
the husband ended up murdering his wife and then um he uh ended his shortly afterwards and it was it was very interesting because they uh specifically talk about in the show how much they really i'm, I'm trying to like choose my words carefully for youtube <laughs> um they how much they disagree with these acts that both happened now granted the wife didn't really have a choice because the husband did it so um that's one case i did there's another one that i did where it was a family actually in the early stages of america that were the benders and they it's it's not known whether they were actually family members or not but essentially what they did was they would rob people by saying that they owned an inn they would lure people in and then the daughter was very attractive and she would kind of woo the men and then the son would kind of do the same for thing for um women and but it, they kind of gave this aura that they were a family and eventually people started disappearing and uh, law inv investigators came in and they tried to find them and then they ended up leaving town and then they weren't really found um, so I, I try to really do different cases like that, at least my writer and I, when we work together, try to really find different ones because it's very easy to pick ones. So like you turn it on and you say, oh, yeah, I've heard this one, but OK, that's fine. I'll listen because, you know, listen to their take on it. Um, mm -hmm. But just the very obscure ones kind of trying to do what I guess Mr. Ballin does and do things that you haven't heard before. Yeah, for sure. That is awesome. Um, so yeah, if y'all are interested in either no sleep stories slash really fun, really interesting, really awesome, um, fictional stories, or if you're interested in really good true crime stories, make sure that you go to horror on the rocks, channel and give him a subscription. He does really, really good work over there. Also want to say, um, see you later, Kimberly Shepard. I'm sorry that you have to go. Um, thank you so much for joining us while you were here though. Um, I know that work sometimes can be can be a jerk, um, but I do appreciate you being here. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and hop into our next story. And this is another backwoods story about a witch's circle. I grew up in Belgium, Europe. Since I was young, I've been with my friends in the Scouts. It is mixed in Belgium. We don't have boys and girls separate usually. We start scouts when we're six years old, and then we go through all the groups until we're 18. That is when we become scouts leaders. I'm saying this to give you a little background on me and my friends. We are people who I would consider very close with nature, camping and overall used to a lot. I would not say that we are your typical rough outdoors lumber type of people but we can manage ourselves well through a forest. Back when we were around 16 years old, one of my friends invited our group to go wild camping in the forest that we have close to our homes. It's not your average American national park. I wish it was, with stories of Bigfoot or worse, but it definitely has its own charm and legends. We got a centuries-old tale about werewolves in our forest, and a couple of legends about witches. It's not a huge forest, 
but one can easily get lost if they're not familiar with its trails, and all the trees look the same. This being said to describe it the best I can, we were very familiar with the forest since we were small children playing in the tree line, and afterwards as teenagers being blindly dropped with nothing but a map in the middle of it by our leaders. I do not know whether this game is popular in other countries in the Scouts, but in Belgium, it's very well known and quite safe actually. We don't have bears or, until a year back, wolves. And when dropped, we would carry lights so just in case anyone didn't manage his way or in or out, they would get spotted easily by a searching party. Again, this is not a national park, so it's not as big as a person could go missing for days. That being said, again, we were very familiar with the forest, and we were all locals from the village nearby. So we started our camping journey with our bikes from the village to the entrance of the forest. And once there, we would continue to go deeper and deeper into parts of the forest on foot. Since it was an area with lots of hills and few trails for bikes, the mood was good. It was beautiful, although a bit cold. Autumn evening with a few clouds and a beautiful sunset. We hiked our way through the forest until we got to a small clearing with some grass and prepared our tents for the night. We made a small campfire. We always learned to be safe, never putting in danger the forest. And we ate some beans and sausages for dinner, together with some tasty Belgian beers. At around 11 p.m., we decided to call it a night, and we each went to sleep in our tents and sleeping bags. Everything seemed like a normal camping day in our forest. Then... Suddenly, at around 1.30 a.m., we woke up to the sound of what seemed to be like drums. A couple of us got out of our tents with our flashlights, asking what was going on. Our forest had always been quiet at that place at night, and during the day, the only noise you could hear were the critters, so you can imagine the surprise of hearing drums in the middle of the night. We were located on a flat area of the side of a hill, to have a beautiful view in the morning and at the other side of the hill over the top we saw light and smoke of what seemed to be a bonfire we figured that had to be the place where the drum noise was coming from so the ones who had gotten out of our tents decided to just go over there to see what was going on and maybe to talk with the people who decided that it was a good plan to be making noise in a calm forest at 1.30 a.m. We hiked over the hill so that we could have a glance at the people, to know that who we were dealing with first. We walked about 15 minutes before we could actually see the bonfire. It was located in a small, circled clearing, with lots of trees and bushes around. We crouched towards the bushes in the tree line, to get a good look of what was going on. And that is when we saw the people with the drums. A couple of them... I recall a group of five or six sat around the fire playing the same tune on the drums the whole time, and another group of people was dancing around the bonfire. Although I say dancing right now, I mean people making weird, unnatural movements, almost as if they were having spasms, and honestly, the best way to describe it is bodies contorting. The people dancing around the circle were wearing suits. At first glance, it would make it look like people dressing to be with one with nature. 
A second glance would make it look like pagan suits, almost like the original celebrations of Halloween. This was when we realized that whatever these people were doing, whether it was some sort of gag or seriously some sort of ritual, we would be better off if we did not confront them. So we decided to back off and go to our camping spot as quiet as possible. Once there, we decided to wake the rest and tell them what we had seen. We packed up the same moment and left to the entrance of the forest, got on our bikes, and we all went back home. We have since still frequented the forest, both for scouts and in our free time with friends and family, and we have never seen this circle of people again. However, it has stuck with me ever since, and I will never forget how we felt out of our place in the forest for the first time in our lives. It is the first, and luckily the last time, that we did not feel welcome in our own forest. How do you read and not mess up? <laughs> I don't know, man. I get lucky. <laughs> it's so smooth. If, if you watch, if if you watch previous live streams, you'll see that I do mess up quite a bit. I just got really, really lucky with that story. <laughs> no, no. Pure, pure talent. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, my friend. I appreciate it. Mm. It's just a lot of practice, too, you know, just a lot of yeah. doing it over and over again and reading stories before the stream so that it's not my first time reading them. <laughs> you don't cold read. That's what it is. Yeah, that, too. Although, can't give away all my secrets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. So, um, do you have anything else that you want to talk about about your channel? Um, like, how did you start doing... Um, narrations and things like that on youtube sure so um people might be shocked to for me to hear say this but uh when it comes to creepy pastas no sleep right you know let's not meet type stories anything like that i did not know what any of that was until only the last few years when my wife you know introduced me to the no sleep podcast oh wow and I, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I <clears throat> fell in love with it right away. I always liked doing voices. I've always done voices or impressions since I was a kid. And she says she was the one who suggested, you know, hey, give it a shot. And if you want to, you know, make your brain bleed, you can look at my older stuff. Um, but, you know, over time and listening to different people, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better at it, at least to some point. And so then it's just been kind of through trial and error figure mm -hmm. you know and i feel like every kind of narrator you kind of figure and find what you're about you know what's your what's your niche and how do you go about that and for me it was sticking with what got me started which was the no sleep type stories now of course doing some of the true crime stuff but you know mm -hmm. they really have to interest me and i feel like that's the most that's true for pretty much any story if even if other people like it but you're not into it as the narrator your people will probably hear that in your voice yeah and yeah so yeah just continuing and going from there yeah and that's one thing that i really notice about your narrations is that you are very very good at portraying the emotion that is being felt by the um characters in the story 
So um, that's really interesting to hear that um, you read stories that only you enjoy, even if you come across a story that you think that your audience might enjoy, but you don't enjoy it yourself, that you probably pass on that story. Do you think that reading the stories that you enjoy like that, do you think that really helps you with portraying that emotion because you're almost feeling that emotion yourself? Oh, absolutely. Because I have done stories before in the past where it's a good story, but I'm just not into it. And so I, I find it really difficult to breathe life into those characters because I'm just turned off by the story itself. So I can't get into them. I can't really flush them out and they become very bland. And, you know, there are certainly, you know, I'm not just gung ho for, you know, every single story that yeah. I do. Um, there are some where I'm like, yeah, this one's okay, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then another one's, yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. so it's, and that, that, that kind of, I guess you could say voice acting type stuff in, in, in doing that has been very, very enjoyable for me because then I can, I feel like I can put more emotion into it and people seem to really enjoy that, especially with um, my latest series that I actually redid because when I first started, I did the series and it was okay, but my audio was absolutely terrible. So I completely redid it um, over and I brought in uh, two other narrators to help me with a couple of uh, female lines just to help make the story a little bit better and doing those you know I, I get feedback they say you know you can you can really help or not, you can really bring to life and, and keep going with the changing of the characters and still breathing emotion into them and then I'm not them not really falling flat that, that is awesome and that's some really great insight into that type of storytelling because I feel like what we do are almost two totally different things, you know. Um, I basically read in a monotone, same level the entire time type voice, whereas you, you really give, you know, the emotion and give the, give the characters life and things of that nature. So that's some really good insight into that type of storytelling, and I really, really enjoy that. Um, the same, well, I mean, the same thing back to you because, I mean... You say you say monotone, but you can be monotone and terrible, or yeah. you can be more monotone and, and good. Like you, you have a really good portrayal of that. Like your voice is easy to listen to, and you can still listen to it. You know, on I a continuous that. basis. Where it, whereas you know, some people they might be monotone, and you're just like, I would rather you know your nails on the chalkboard <laughs> than hear this person. Yeah, it's like. Microsoft Sam is also monotone, but you don't want to hear, okay, so this happened. Yes, channels. channels? <laughs> All right. But um, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Mrs. Innerscare asks, who would be your dream collab? Ooh. I have three that I could think of. Because I, it, it would be very difficult to think of any of them. So the the one where I would say, off the top, that I, it's actually what I would say I've been modeling my cadence and my tone and actually kind of my voice acting off of, which is Mr. Creepy Pasta, mm -hmm. kind of one of the 
the founding fathers of the uh, of our kind of field here yeah for sure um let's read would be oh, absolutely God. amazing to do it work with absolutely um, and uh lighthouse horror i really enjoy his work i like what he's doing currently he's the only excuse me narrator that i know right now that's combining mr ballin type storytelling in front of the camera with narrations and hmm. it's a uh interesting concept but it works that's the first time that I've actually heard of Lighthouse Horror. So I just pulled his channel up on YouTube, and I'm going to have to take a look at that after the stream. Because so he's that the one who, awesome. who did the uh, the series for um, I work at a half-priced voodoo shop, and he didn't continue the series, and then I took up the series after that one, and that was the series that I was just talking about a minute ago. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that is awesome, and I really like that Mr. Ballin type storytelling too, so I'm definitely going to check out his channel as well. That is awesome. Yeah, he does a blend of, you know, he's in front of the camera talking to you as if he's telling the story from the first-person perspective. Um, he does some B-roll, and then he uses um, this interesting concept of, like, AI video a little bit, oh, but okay. he blends them all pretty seamlessly together, and it works. That is awesome. Alrighty, so do you have another story for us that you'd like to read, everyone? I do. Alrighty, everyone. Without further ado, Horror on the Rocks. Each morning when I wake up, I open the chest where I keep my son. I stroke his hair and his small skull and murmur, Good morning, although I know that he can no longer hear me. I hope he doesn't think that I've abandoned him. I hope he knows that I never will. When my son died of a fever, I refused to let him go. He was my only baby, and all that I had left. So I turned to the stories my old mother would tell me, the rituals and the legends that I'd learned as a child. The rules of bringing someone back from the underworld seemed so easy. I scoffed at the stories of those who had failed, sure that my were sure that my willpower would be stronger than theirs. I forced my way through the fields of night, and I found my son's faint, pale soul. I guided it all the way back to his body, never looking back once. When I saw my son open his eyes again and smile at me, I thought that I had made the right choice. He laughed and he ran, he played just as he had done before. I even believed that I could pretend nothing had happened. But then a few days later, I saw the rot creeping in his skin. At that moment, I realized my mistake. I hadn't restored my son's to life. I hadn't restored my son's life. I'd only brought his soul back to his corpse. I tried to comfort him as his body swelled and decayed. He wailed day and night in fear as his flesh fell from his bones. Only when his throat rotted away did he stop screaming. I attempted to return him to the underworld, to return my son's soul, but the way would not open again. I cheated death, and my punishment was to keep what I stole. 
When his ligaments finally broke down, I gathered his bones and placed them in an antique chest that I inherited from my mother. Only the best would do for my son. Sometimes my son's bones lie still inside the chest for hours, even days, and I dare to hope that his soul found its way back to where it belongs. But sooner or later, his bones always begin to rattle again, and I know that he is still alive. Once, all I wanted was to have my son here with me. But now... I would give anything for him to die. Wow. That was a very dark, but very good story. Glad you liked it. Just just <laughs> sitting here in shock over that one. That one was really good. And wow. That's wow, one of my wow. favorite go-to ones. Yeah, for sure. I can see why. I uh, want to welcome in Aries458 and Angel J. Thank you both so much for joining us. You know, I always liked, in fictional horror, I always liked that type of concept, you know, where it's like reanimating the dead. You know, like mm -hmm. what happens when you reanimate the dead to a person's soul, that is such a very, very interesting, you know, topic that could be explored in horror. And I, I've just always liked that topic. And it's just very interesting to me. Oh, absolutely. Even just like the, the idea of, <clears throat> at least in that story, the, it it almost implies that like the the soul is stuck between realms, I guess you could say, because uh, the bones being quiet for hours or days, but then every now and then they'll rattle, mm -hmm. and so the the parent struggling with like please, like I I hope that they that my son finally moved back on, back to where he belongs, but he's trapped here. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, that. That that's very very interesting, um, and that's actually one of my favorite types of horror. Is that really psychological type horror that makes you think? You know, mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite type of horror and your favorite, you know, genre of horror to read? Oh, and that 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 is tough. I would say just because I like I like characters particularly like psychological characters be them kind of like Patrick Bateman-esque mm -hmm. characters to you know psychotic to to, to demon type characters because I've done a couple of those variations and I've taken each one in different directions to being very very subtle mm-hmm about just who the character is so it yeah it really depends like my favorite uh, story that i read on my channel which is um the new fish and i don't know if you're familiar with that story or not uh i'm not i, I really need to catch up on my youtube <laughs> it's lately. all good 
But um, the basic premise of it is, is an individual telling the story about their time in prison. Mm-hmm. And one night there was a kind of a, a power outage and, and right before all the guards made everybody go into their cells, him and his friends or his quote unquote crew all crammed together in one cell. So that way they could just spend time together. They had some hooch, they had some you know other stuff. And then they start telling this story. And the two oldest members of the uh, crew started telling this story about this old, this inmate that came in and he's described as the new fish. And he was a very attractive young man, but he was very quiet. And so all of the bulls were clamoring to get this individual to their cell. And um, the first uh, night that it, uh, he got put into one cell by one bull that um, did a lot of things to get him in there. They they heard some sto- they heard some noises, and they're like, "Man, that sucks, terrible." Um, but the next morning, the guards came to, and the bull basically had his like face ripped off, and his his he was eaten. And they took the kid away and put him away. And then it goes on to like talk about how that kid has been in prison since like the 1800s, and nobody knows where he came from. And he tried to they tried to kill him in the 1800s, but when they t- went to go hang him, he, the the trap door wouldn't go. They put him on a firing line. Each of the six uh, fires weapons malfunctioned. Wow! And they put him away. And and there's other things that happen like later into the story. He 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 does another thing, but that's my favorite story just because of the the characters. At least for me, what I was able to do with the characters to bring them to life. And um, I I what I something I really like to do on my channel is especially for some videos as I love doing cinematic trailer type intros mm-hmm. if i can and i because i did it for that one and then i did it for the only story i've ever written which i guess shameless plug um <laughs> which is the the worst thing about the bottom of the bottle is the empty spirit and the whole story takes place in a bar and it's a guy talking to the bartender and um she starts to give him drinks, and he starts to experience uh, all of the emotions of life. And I will leave it at that for anybody who wants to go check it out and listen. And you said that that was my return to the half-priced voodoo store? No, that, um, that was um, that was a series that I did. The gotcha. only story, the one that I was just talking about, is the story that I wrote. Um, which is the uh, the worst thing about the bottom of the bottle is the empty spirit. Gotcha. The worst thing about the bottom of the bottle is my empty spirit. I will definitely be checking that one out tonight because it sounds so good. And I will definitely be listening to that one tonight. And I've just got to say, um, I'm scrolling through your channel here and... You did a story called Swifties. That is hilarious. Okay, correction. That is the second story that I wrote. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. All righty. I want to say hello to Jessica Thompson and Yo Boy Aiden. Thank you guys so much for joining us. I appreciate you all being here. Alrighty, so I'm going to go ahead and hop into our next story here. And this is another Backwoods story. 
Okay. So this happened when I was around 14 or so. So around 1999 or 2000-ish. And I lived in southwest Georgia at the time, outside of the small town of Moultrie. I was at my buddy's house for the weekend. We'll call him Joe. So some random other teens that were a little older than us show up at Joe's house, allegedly running from the cops after they stole a parent's car and wrecked it in a ditch. They came up to us on foot, so the story might be true. I'm not sure. They wanted to go camp out in the woods to evade pursuit, so Joe and I say screw it and go with them. We borrowed Joe's dad's tent and started walking off into the fields and woods. Given this area is not super isolated, but there was a wilderness to the air that I cannot describe. We go maybe a mile or two back and set up camp 50 yards away from the turnaround slash end of the dirt road. There was five of us guys, including me and Joe, and I only remember one other dude's name. Let's call him Mike. The names don't really matter, but I'm just adding any detail that I can recall. Anyway, we mess around in the woods for a while. We started a fire and ate some snacks. We didn't have any drugs except for a bottle of booze, small enough that not any one of us could get drunk off of it, but we share sips anyway. Night comes around, and we've got this six-person tent for us. I can't say if I ever fell asleep or not, but I laid down with everyone and it got late. I'm not sure what time exactly it was, but likely late night or early in the morning. I begin to hear footsteps in the woods some ways out. I hear this walking in the woods. At first, I'm like, it's an armadillo. If you aren't aware they can sound exactly like a person while foraging for food. But no, the steps are approaching our camp directly. So at this point, I'm like, what the heck? And without moving, because I'm terrified, I look around to see if the other dudes got up, and I missed it. No, five dudes in the tent. My blood freezes, and there's no sound outside except this thing walking and it's now right outside our camp. As I attempt to breathe without making a sound, either a very pointed finger or a knife slowly starts from one point on the tent outside and drags very slowly across to the other side. So, I promptly crap myself and hold my breath. The walking sounds stop about three feet on the other side of our tent, and they never start again. Daylight slowly fades in. The steps never returned. I have this dazed feeling as if I've been up all night as sunrise happens. One of the guys gets up and slowly others do too. So I get up. No one is talking, but everyone looks excited. My bad. No one is talking but everyone looks exhausted. Eventually, one of us asked the others, did you hear that last night? Apparently, four of the five guys were all awake during the invisible stalker, and we're all like, what the heck? The three guys who were running from the cops, allegedly, say that they wanted to call a friend to pick them up and go score some pot. They leave Joe and I at the camp to guard their stuff. Hooray. Now I'm paranoid at this point 
because I think there's some guy out there waiting to gut us. But I only have a small pocket knife on me. I take it out as they walk down the road to call for a ride. Joe and I are sitting on this discarded door that someone ditched, on the edge of this dirt road turnaround like a pair of jerks, when we start hearing the walking sounds again. But across the road on the other side in the woods this time, we see no one and nothing there. But it's daylight now, so I'm like, meh, it's an animal. The dirt road goes off and curves to our left, and sounds approach that slowly, but the same pace as before. The sounds stop. We're looking at the road. Absolutely nothing there, and the sounds pick back up on the other side of the road. Now I'm scared. I notice Joe has his head buried in his knees, like an ostrich burying his head in the sand. And since I'm scared for the second time in the past 12 hours, I also put my head in my lap. I also place the pocket knife in open and hold it closely. The steps are now slowly circling me and Joe to say that they went kind of behind us at that same slow pace. They get directly behind me, but maybe 30 feet away. They slowly walk up to my back, my spine tingling more and more the entire time. I'm pouring sweat, and as they approach directly behind me, I jump up and swing this little baby pocket knife around like I know what I'm doing. Time slowed down during this little bit, as I'm swinging the knife at a puff of air. The car with our other three guys is coming around the corner of the dirt road to pick us up. Joe and I run to the car and jump in. The three dudes ditch everything that we had at camp. No one asks Joe and I what was wrong, but I could tell that they were looking at us and knew something else happened. Joe and I never said a word about it. Alrighty. Thank you so much, Linda Westfall. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoy the channel, and thank you for joining us. And Horror on the Rocks, dude, thank you so much, man, for those... For those 10 gifted memberships, man, I appreciate you, dude. That is awesome. Thank you so, so much for that, man. Hold on, where's that? Let me do that. What was that? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Dude, you are, you're the goat. That is awesome. A man of the people. Alrighty, so looks like we're nearing up on that hour. Do you have another story that you want to read oh, before got, we end up? I've got several stories. I can keep going if you want to, but of right. course I do. We will. We will see how it goes because Inner Scare Baby is still awake, and um, bring him on. Let him, let him do a story. <laughs> oh, you don't. You don't want that smoke. <laughs> you you don't want that. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I don't want no problem. I don't want no problem. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, no, he'll he'll be grabbing my mic and screaming into it and waking mm. everybody up. I was I was on a was on a call with with Phoenix and Silver the other day, um, before Phoenix's live stream, helping him with some audio and things of that nature. Mm. And I had 
the baby with me and he was just screaming as loud as he could into the mic because he thinks it's hilarious to hear himself through my headphones. <laughs> Dad. Girl veteran, thank you so, so much for those five gifted memberships. I appreciate you so much. Hey, or on the rocks was gifted a membership through that as well. Oh, so thank you. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for that. That is awesome. That is awesome. Alrighty, well, we will go ahead and let you read your next story. Without further ado, everyone, Horror on the Rocks. So I, 36 male, have been with my girlfriend Chloe, 35 female, for the last two years. We're in a really happy relationship and I have even considered marrying her in the near future. The only issue I have with her is that she is constantly comparing me to her ex-boyfriend, Mark. It's really annoying, and it's kind of started to really hurt my feelings, you know? If I ever do something wrong, then she would always point out that Mark wouldn't have made that mistake. I know that they were childhood sweethearts, and we're together for over 10 years, and we're together for over 10 years, but I really think that she needs to stop doing this. She always gives me the silent treatment after when I ask her to stop, which always makes me feel like I'm the one who did something wrong. It really started to get on my nerves. So I decided to organize a meeting between the three of us and make her choose which one she wants to be with. I knew that she would come home late on Sunday evening, so I decided that was the perfect day for the meeting. Me and Mark were just sitting there at the kitchen table when she walked in. And I could see the look of shock on her face when she saw him. She fainted right to the ground and I knew that she wanted Mark. And I decided, you know what? I wouldn't stand in the way, so I stood aside. And, you know, they could be idiot. I decided I wanted to stand aside and let them be together. I placed Mark's rotting corpse back into his grave and then carefully lowered Chloe on top of him before closing the coffin. I started throwing the dirt on top of the grave so that no one would ever know that it was disturbed. I could hear Chloe's screams of what I assume were joy as she was finally reunited with the love of her life. I felt horrible that we were breaking up, but I didn't want to stand in the way of true love. Another excellent story by our friend Horror on the Rocks. I do want to welcome in to the chat Jeffrey Freak and Back to Ashes. What's up, y'all? Thank you guys so much for joining us. Back to Ashes. Good to see you, my friend. Seems like his ears were burning because he joined in right after we were done talking about him. <laughs> All good things, Back to Ashes. All good things, buddy. No, I was just telling him the story about the baby screaming in y'all's ears. Whenever I had him with me the other day and I was on the call with you and Silver. <laughs> Alrighty. So, I'm going to go ahead and hop right into our next story. We'll just keep them going. Uh, we've got about five more minutes till nine. We'll see what happens with the baby and things of that nature. Jeffrey Freak, it's been four months. Congratulations on being a member for four months. Thank you so much, man. 
I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, back to ashes. That was definitely a fun time. Inner scare baby is a ham. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and hop into our next story. My husband and I were hiking to a small lake off of a lodge road in Colorado. It was a very short out and back, about four miles total, and we were the only car in the small dirt lot at the trailhead. The trail followed an old mining road and had a steep incline on one side and a granite ridge on the other. We both felt very off, but foolishly kept on hiking, eager to see a remote lake. At one point, my husband saw a shovel leaning against a tree on the granite ridge, but chose not to tell me. Before the lake, the trail narrowed and led us through a thicket with the lake on the other side. Right before the thicket, we stopped in shock. The trail was completely torn up, and there were man-dug holes. They were large holes and about one to two feet deep. We should have turned around immediately, but again wanted to see the lake on the other side of the thicket. So we walked around the holes, got to the lake, and paused to take a few pictures. We weren't going to bother relaxing at the lake because we were both very unsettled by the holes. As we turned around to leave and head back through the thicket, we both stopped and looked at each other. The look we exchanged confirmed that we both smelled it. Cinnamon gum, strong enough that the person chewing it had to be close. There was a little wind, and turning around after the lake must have blown the smell our way. We silently walked back through the thicket, and back over the holes in the trail that now seemed much more ominous. The hike back was a terrifying two miles. My husband, who is six foot three, pulled out his foraging knife, and I did too. I also pulled out my bear spray. I keep it around for people more than bears when hiking alone. We both assumed our tires would be slashed when we got back to the parking lot, but thankfully they were not. Once we were safely away from the trailhead, my husband told me that he thought he saw someone tracking us from the granite ridge line on our way back. The lesson, if it doesn't feel right, it probably isn't, and you should leave. Wow, that would be insanely creepy just to be hiking and like see those holes and then smell someone's cinnamon gum. Like yeah. someone has to be pretty freaking close for you to be able to smell their gum. Yeah, because cinnamon itself is like it unless it's right by you, you really can't smell it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I have questions. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like, how close were they? Um, I do want to welcome in Ashley Brown. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am Grim. What is up, buddy? I appreciate you being here. <laughs> By gosh, look at this sexy beast. He says, well, I appreciate you, buddy. <laughs> oh, Grim, always the comedian. All righty. Well, I think we can keep rolling for at least a little bit. If Sounds you're, good if to you're down, if you want to go ahead and hop right into your next story. Without I do, further... yeah, this is, uh, I forgot one of my, I forgot that this was one that I really enjoy doing as well. Awesome. Without further ado, everyone, Horror on the Rocks. I have a teacher at school that teaches a variety of subjects, and he is generally well-liked. The only strange thing about him is that he doesn't call any student by their real name, but 
instead by their future potential from his opinion. He comes in class and starts doing the register. Potential murder, teacher shouts out and Callum raises his hand as he knows it's him because the teacher always calls him by that name. Potential burglar, teacher shouts out to Brian and he puts up his hand because that's always the name that the teacher calls him by. Potential psychopath. Teacher shouts out to Emily and she puts up her hand because that's the name that she always gets called by. Potential cannibal. And I know that that's me, so I put up my hand because that's the name that he always calls me by. He has something for everyone from potential freak accident to potential evil genius. I admit it was fun at first, but now I just want to be called by my real name, which is Joshua. On another day, our teacher started doing the register, and as usual, he calls everyone by their potential and not their real names. But then he calls Callum by his real name, which we were all shocked. I asked Callum why our teacher didn't call him, why our teacher called him Callum instead of, you know, potential murderer anymore. Callum told me that the reason our teacher didn't call him potential murderer anymore is because... It's not potential anymore. It's real. Callum actually murdered someone. He murdered some homeless man because he knew it will make the teacher call him by his real name. Callum then told me to take a bite out of a dead man by ripping some of the flesh out and cooking it. And it was the only way to make the teacher call me by my real name. So I took a chunk out of the dead guy and hadn't been because you know he hadn't been dead for very long i cooked it and ate it the next day for register my teacher called me joshua because i'm not a potential cannibal anymore but a real one wow <laughs> dude you're coming out with the bangers tonight wow <laughs> I couldn't even imagine doing something like that though that would just I don't know I couldn't do it even in a life or death situation I don't think I could do it it would definitely be very very tough like I think like you're almost innate uh, archaic nature would maybe kick in and at that point then it's just your your mind like makes it okay yeah yeah i don't know i don't know i hope i'm never in that situation I ever have to no, know. Not. <laughs> all righty well i'm just gonna keep it rolling with another story here we go back when i was younger i did some survey work for a logging company in alaska and i was fit and liked to hike they sent me in first to check out the terrain and figure out the best ways into the area that they wanted to harvest I always traveled light, just a backpack with a U.S. Army mess kit, some MREs, a few spare clothes, a fire kit, a bivouac sack, an axe, a knife, some bear spray, and my late granddad's revolver. I also used to cut me a nice thick hiking stick. With all that gear packed, I set out on foot. The first night was largely very quiet, and I got a good night's sleep. Only one time I woke up to what I thought was the wind rustling through the forest, and I didn't think much of it. 
The next day, I arrived at the designated logging area and started to do my work. Around noon, I started to get that eerie feeling of being watched. I had had this feeling before, but I always blamed my imagination for it. Well, it grew more and more over the day. Right when I was about to set up camp for the night, I heard some rustling in the brush again and caught a glimpse of something big huddling out of sight. Needless to say, I skipped setting up the camp and booked it out of there. I walked about 10 miles until I was too tired to move on. The feeling of being watched had stopped, and I deemed it safe to set up my camp. I woke up in the morning, and the first thing I saw were bear tracks of what I think was a huge grizzly going all over my campsite. I've never broke up the camp this fast again. I made sure that my revolver was loaded and within arm's reach at all times, and I kept my bear spray at the ready on my way back, but nothing happened anymore. I told the logging company about my encounter, and they said that they will take the necessary precautions. A few months later, when the logging operation was in full swing, a worker was attacked by what was later described as a huge male grizzly bear. A year or so later, hunters in that area shot one of the biggest grizzlies I have ever seen, and judging by the size of its paws, it could have been that very bear stalking me on that hike. Holy cow. That's, so. It's one of my fears. <laughs> it's like out in the woods and then like a, like just a bear stalking you because, God, they're so fast. Yeah, and I clicked. So that story had a link, right, when it says one of the biggest grizzly bears I've ever seen. It mm -hmm. had a link, and I clicked on it. And I'm going to pull this up on screen. Check out the size of that bear that was shot. That is huge. Could you imagine that just walking around your camp at night? Terrifying. What is what are the rules if it's if it's brown lie down, it's black fight back? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's it. I th I think I that's it. But regardless, I I don't know. Any type of bear, I'd, I think my brain would shut down and I wouldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. All I know is to make yourself as big as possible and, like, scream or whatever. Which I'm so. always, like, curious because, like, bears are huge. So it's interesting that, like, how often does that work where the bear's like, Oh, you are suddenly slightly bigger than you were before. I don't want any <laughs> of this. I don't want that, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I don't go out in the woods anymore. <laughs> so I'm good. I'll 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 visit the woods on my video games or something. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, you play Sons of the Forest? Uh I have it, but I've never played it. Oh, I've played I played the first whole release just came out. Oh nice. I'll have to hop into it for sure cuz I have the game. I've just I've never played it before. After we get done being obsessed with Power World. Right? Right. <laughs> Got to do that. I do want to welcome into chat Kathy Kalasi, I believe I said that right. If I didn't correct me, Kathy Kalasi, thank you so much for joining us. And Jordy, thank you so much for joining us as well. I'm glad that y'all like the channel. Thank you guys so much. And I'm glad that you like the guests as well. I try to bring people on who I really enjoy listening to. So hopefully you guys would enjoy listening to them as well. 
All righty. Do you want to just roll on with your next story? I'm ready. Yep. All righty. Without further ado, everyone, horror on the rocks. This water tastes funny. And I shouldn't complain. It's a miracle that the water has been turned back on. And really, that we still have electricity. It's been just over 12 months since the government of the world began to notice the death rates and started to plummet. Another month after that was when they realized the death rates worldwide had flatlined altogether. So far, nobody can figure out what has happened, whether it be through some mystic intervention or a sinister freak of nature. Either way, the disaster is one that no one expected. Of course, sickness still occurred over the last year. Accidents took place and people were still attacked. It's just that none of them happened to die. But birth rates continued strong as ever. Soon hospitals overfilled, homelessness shot through the roof, and overpopulation overtook the planet. Food, water, electricity, basic supplies, and all of that started to dwindle in the shadow of the ever-increasing populace. Suddenly... The TV in the living room crackles to life, real, you know, on its own accord. I walk in, and I look to see an emergency broadcast. Something must be happening. It's a live feed from the Oval Office. The president sits at her desk. She shuffles papers, and just on the table nervously. Today is a hard day, she croaks. Tears swell up in her eyes. It's a sad day for our great country. Usually I come out to address you all in a collected presidential manner. But today, I cannot. Today I need to speak to my fellow Americans. Not as president, but as a person. The past year has been one of the hardest that the world has ever faced. And this international crisis has caused unprecedented turmoil throughout our country and the world. There are no signs of this catastrophe course correcting itself in the near future, and we are running out of options. We need to deal with this situation ourselves. We've been scouring through our options, and yet only one possible solution has presented itself. The president allows herself one short sob of fresh tears as they roll down her cheek. And I make this decision with the heaviest of hearts, but I know it is my duty. And it is what is best and what is necessary for the country that I love. We intend to carry out this solution in the most humane and fairest way possible. It is a random selection. God bless you all. And God bless America. And with that cryptic addressal, the broadcast cuts to feeds of government trucks parked outside random different residential areas across the country, dispatching what looks to be various corpses into the backs of the trucks. I walk over to the window and notice a truck pulled up outside our block. Funny, it looks just like the government ones on TV. And suddenly a loud thump comes from the kitchen. I rush in and I see my roommate lying face down on the kitchen floor. Before I have time to react, my vision goes blurry and my head spins and I look down at the glass in my fist. 
This water tastes funny. Wow. <clears throat> Another very, very good story by Horror on the Rocks, everyone. Alrighty, I'm going to go ahead and hop right into our next story. We'll just kind of do these back to back here. I think that um, Inner Scare Baby is asking for his daddy, though. So uh, I think um, maybe we'll both read another story. What do you think, Horror on the Rocks? That works for me. All right. So we'll both read another story each, and then we'll go ahead and we'll do our outros and say our goodbyes for the evening. But I have really, really thoroughly enjoyed this live stream. This has been a very fun one, and I appreciate you being on with me. Always a pleasure, my friend. All righty. So, without further ado, our next story. I shared this story on another subreddit a little while ago, so I'm just pasting it here. It wasn't unsettling to me during the experience, but thinking back on it, it is very weird. My mom and I were visiting family and staying in a cabin at my uncle's ranch. There's a main house, a bunch of animal pens and fields, a dog kennel, and then the guest cabin across the lot from the main house. There are other homes nearby, so it wasn't super remote, but we were surrounded by forest, mountains, and fields. So, middle of the night, my mom and I are sleeping and we both wake up because there's suddenly a really strong, weird smell permeating the cabin. We commented that it must be a skunk. Also, both of our dogs sat up and got restless, but didn't bark or make any noise. I was having trouble getting back to sleep with the smell, and getting the dogs to lay down again, so I went outside to have a cigarette. It was nearly pitch black out, but I could see my immediate area from a dim porch light. I was leaning against my car, and I started to hear someone walking across the gravel. From the sound, I presumed that the footsteps originated from the forest area behind the barn, then walked through the gravel parking lot and turned towards the cabin. I thought it was weird that whoever it was seemed to have passed by the kennel, and the dogs weren't making any noise. None of the animals were. But I figured it had to be my uncle or one of my cousins out doing something. I was curious what they were doing out so late at night. I was tracking where the footsteps were from the sound as they were getting closer and just waiting for someone to walk near enough that I would see who they were. I almost called out but decided to wait. Eventually, I saw what appeared to be someone wearing a hairy, brown coat walking toward the field next to me. So this is where it got weird. It was getting closer and about to walk by me parallel by about six to ten feet. It was close enough that I realized that what I thought was a person in a hairy brown coat was actually the bottom half of a large creature on two legs. The bottom half, two legs and hindquarters, were about the size of an average adult and appeared brown. The top half that could only barely make out in a silhouette appeared black. I couldn't tell how tall it was in the dark. It just walked by and into the field that was next to the cabin. The gate was not open. I checked the next morning, so it would have to have stepped over it to get into the field. I kind of registered what I saw, 
thought that I should probably be freaking out, but I just went back inside and back to bed. I did a little walk around the property the next day to make sure that all the animals were there and unharmed, but I only told my mom about the experience. We ended up coming back the next month, and she told my aunt and uncle about it then. I fully expected them to make fun of me for talking about Bigfoot, but my aunt asked for some clarification and said that her sister had told them about seeing something similar. Alrighty. Go say hi. I'm sure. Friendly. You always got to say hi to Bigfoot. (laughs) Alrighty. And with your next story, Mr. Horror on the Rocks. Without further ado, Horror on the Rocks. Everyone stopped what they were doing when when the figure in the black robe stepped through the entrance of the bar holding a scythe. All eyes followed him as he walked up to the bar and handed his scythe, handle on his scythe, tapping the floor with each step that he took. How can I help you? The bartender stuttered. I'm looking for a particular man, Death said. His voice was deep and hollow sounding. Goes by the name of Bob Smith. I don't know anyone by that name, the bartender replied. Perhaps you, you, you got the wrong bar. This is the Soggy Rose, is it not? Death asked. Yeah, it is, the bartender confirmed. Then this is the right bar. Uh, anyone here know Bob Smith? The bartender called out to his patrons. A moment later, a man sitting at one of his tables stood up and pointed across the bar to a man sitting in a corner booth by himself. Hey, that, that, that's Bob, right over there, he said. Death walked across the room and stopped in front of the indicated man's table. Is that true? Death asked. Are you Bob Smith? Bob considered lying, but then thought better of it. If Death had come for him, Lying to him about what he, lying about to lying to him about who he was wouldn't change anything. He'd catch up to him sooner or later. Yeah, Bob replied. Mom, Bob Smith. Stand up, Death said. Can I finish my drink first? He asked meekly. Stand up, Death insisted. Okay. Bob slid out of the booth and quickly got to his feet. It's time for you to leave, Death said, pointing towards the exit with his scythe. I beg your pardon, Bob said, thinking he hadn't heard Death correctly. I said, go and lock the door on your way out. Alrighty, another excellent story by Mr. Horror on the Rocks. Man, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate you being on the stream with me today. Anytime, anytime you want me to have me. Always down to hang out with you, my friend. 
hey, don't say that. I'll be having you on again, like every stream. You know what I'm saying? It'll be the horror on the rocks and Interscare show. <laughs> All righty, man. I really appreciate you being on with me today. I appreciate each and every one of you for watching as well. Do you want to let everyone know where people can find you and follow you on different social medias? Sure. So, of course, uh, you guys can find me at Horror on the Rocks. You can also get me on podcast form anywhere you get your podcasts at Horror on the Rocks on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, even iHeartRadio, if that tickles your fancy. Um, those ones are done in podcast format, so the intro is cut out and it's just the story. And also you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at H-O-T-R underscore official. Or it might, I might have that backwards. <laughs> official H-O-T-R. Yeah, official underscore H-O-T-R. All righty. Official underscore H-O-T-R. All righty. And I'm Interscare. Obviously, you can find me here. Or you can find me on Instagram at Interscare or on Twitter at Interscare Sleep. I want to thank Horror on the Rocks yet again for being on here with me. Thank you so much, man. This has been an excellent stream. I want to thank each and every one of you who are here with us till the end watching. I appreciate each and every one of you. I also want to thank our mod, our lovely, lovely mod, Mrs. Innerscare, for helping me out so much with everything from finding stories to coming up with topics to, you know, just doing everything on the channel. I really, really appreciate her so much. And before we end the stream, I do want to let everyone know Please make sure you are here for the live stream next Saturday, March the 2nd at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are not going to be doing our normal live stream that day, but we will be live. We are going to be doing a collaboration stream with the podcast Beer, Booze, and Boogeyman. So that is going to be an excellent, very, very fun live stream. Make sure that you're here for that. I hope to see you all there. And again, thank you, Horror on the Rocks, for being here with me, man. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I will see you in the next video.